In Luke 10:2, Jesus says that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Now, what is the harvest? What does that mean? The harvest consists of two groups of people. The first group are the reached, and that basically is a group who has heard of who Jesus is. They have access to the gospel, yet they still don't believe. The unreached is the group of people who have not heard of the gospel. They have no idea who Jesus is, therefore they don't believe in him. Spoken Worldwide is exclusively focused on sharing Jesus with these overlooked, unreached communities who, more often than not, don't have the ability to read. And so Spoken Worldwide helps provide the gospel in an audible way so that they can hear about who Jesus is and the hope of the world. Are you looking for ways to support the nations from home and impact the Great Commission? Well, you can go to www.spoken.org slash Emma to get a free download of the seven ways to impact the nations from home guide and get specific prayer points to move the mission of Christ forward. Again, that's www.spoken.org slash Emma to download the seven ways guide. Incredible, world-changing humans. I am Emma Mae McDaniel, and I'm so honored. Like, I cannot emphasize enough how grateful I am that you're here. I'm glad to welcome you to the Have You Heard podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about contentment, how to trust the Lord, how to walk in a confidence knowing that He is my provider, that He supplies all that I need. And we're going to go to the Word to be encouraged in these truths. So friends, grab your headphones and let's get into the Word. about contentment, there's just a handful of scripture that comes to my mind and I really wanted to share this with you because it is safe to say that we all go through either moments or days or seasons where we are wrestling with feeling unsatisfied, discontent. We're not where we want to be or we don't have what we had expected ourselves to have at this point. We're doubting if God is our provider, if he cares about us because we feel like we don't have what we're supposed to have or want what we are really want or we don't have what we're really wanting. And so I want to share these scriptures with you to encourage you in the truth of God's character and to encourage you in the truth of his peace that surpasses all understanding regardless of what you're walking through and you can have that contentment you can have that peace day to day regardless of your situation and so I hope that you're able to hide these in your heart and that they encourage you in days and days to come the first one is in Job 1 21 now to kind of set the scene here a little bit the verses leading up to verse 21 of chapter 1 in Job a lot has gone down. So we enter into Job's story hearing that he is very well off. He is a man of integrity. He's a man who fears the Lord. He has tons of kids, tons of servants, tons of cattle, tons of land. Like he is doing very, very well. 
And the enemy is roaming the earth and he makes his way to the presence of the Lord. And the Lord says, like, where have you come from? And the enemy, this is the imified version of the story, but the enemy basically says, like, I've been roaming to and fro among the earth. And the Lord says, well, have you considered my servant Job? He fears me. He's a man of integrity. And through their conversation, the enemy like gets permission from the Lord to go and just mess up with Job's life. And so Job has now lost his kids. He's lost his servants. He's lost his cattle. Like all of these things that he had in his life, like they're now no more in a matter of seconds. Like one of his servants comes to tell him that his kids have passed away. And as he's still talking, another servant comes to tell him that his cattle has has all died. And, then, and that another servant comes to tell him that something else has been lost. And it's just it feels like a wreck. And so you can imagine there are so many different responses that Job could have in this moment. And this is what he had. This is the response that he gives in verse 21. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Another version says, praise the name of the Lord. Friends, this is insane to see Job have such a deep reverence and trust that God, you are good. You are on the throne. You love me. You are worthy of my praise. Whether you give or you take away, I trust that it's for a greater purpose than what my eyes can see. So I'm going to trust you with all of my heart, not lean on my own understanding, but in all of my ways, submit to you, knowing that you are making my path straight, knowing that you are bringing glory to your name, knowing that you promise to work all things together for the good of those who love you you and are called according to your purpose. This is not in vain. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Wow. I think of this verse when I think of contentment because how powerful is it to realize that, okay, yeah, all of these things mattered to me. They were valuable things in my life. Am I heartbroken over it? Am I mourning and grieving over not having those things? Yes. But does that mean that my contentment and my confidence has to go with those things? No. Why? Because the Lord is worthy of my praise and the Lord never leaves me and never forsakes me. And the Lord is the source of my contentment and he is the source of my confidence. Therefore, I will say, blessed be the name of the Lord. And what's so cool to me is he says, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will depart. There's a sense of eternal perspective here. I feel like I quote this verse all the time because it's just one of my go-tos that I think on a lot. But 2 Corinthians 4.18, where Paul says, don't set your eyes on what is seen, but fix your eyes on what is unseen. Because you know that what is seen is just temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. What we're getting a glimpse from here is that Job realizes his life here is a vapor. It's a mist. He's here today and he's gone tomorrow. Things are going to come and things are going to go. But with this life that I have here for the little amount of time that I'm here in the temporary moments, I'm going to live for the eternal God, realizing that I'm here for an eternal purpose. And in that alone, I can be content. Oh, 
Isn't that just, it's convicting and it's encouraging and it's, it makes you smile and it's also like, wow, my feelings contradict that truth sometimes. My thoughts contradict that truth sometimes, but I will choose to declare, bless the Lord, O my soul, for he brings me contentment. The next verse that I want to share with you guys, or it's a little handful of verses, but it's from the same passage. So it's from a letter that Paul is writing to Timothy. It's in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. And he says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world. Do you kind of notice we're already seeing a similarity? Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years have filled the space between the life of Job and the life of Paul and Timothy. And yet we're seeing a theme. Paul says, For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing with these things, we will be content. Isn't that amazing? To kind of give you some context of what's going on, because this is towards the end of one of Paul's letters to Timothy. Timothy is a pastor in Ephesus. So he is leading the people of God in the church of in um the church in Ephesus. And as this is going down, there are some false teachers that are in the area. And so in this part of chapter 6 in 1 Timothy, Paul is addressing the false teachers. And so these false teachers were known for being greedy. They were known to stir up arguments, they were known for being conceited and a big thing that was going on then is that if you were in ministry and you were preaching the word of some people found that there was like wealth that was connected to that one commentary actually that I read, I thought this was interesting in that day, the stipends associated with ministry were attractive so that even the best men had to be warned against letting personal gain creep into their motivation because if you read in 1 Peter 5, you see that congregational leaders were chosen from those known for their freedom from the love of money. So while this is specifically addressing being content and realizing that godliness and contentment, that is the real gain. That's where the real riches and the real wealth is, is when I'm walking in godliness and I am content because the Lord is my provider. I'm living for him. I have an eternal mindset. I'm storing for myself treasure, treasures in heaven. And that's, that's the lane I'm running in. But in this time, I find it interesting that humanity has a way of repeating itself the heart of people we in our in our sinful nature in our in our flesh we we want things for ourselves we we have a love for money we we have a heart of greed we are conceited we want it to be about us we want the spotlight and it's may have been generations upon generations ago but we see that even here today and paul is addressing it he's like these people they may be they may be teaching things about God, but it's incorrect and their heart is impure and they are not focusing on what it means to actually be content and do it out of a love and a praise for God. And so while the context is a little um, specific, I wanted to encourage y'all that this could really fall into any category of contentment, realizing that, wait, godliness with contentment, that is great gain. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network and is sponsored in part by...
something that you just love and actually can't stop talking about it. Whether that be a show that you can't stop watching or a restaurant that you are totally convinced you could never order too much of, well, I think that Rothy's shoes could be your new everyday shoe obsession. They give you right out of the box comfort, come in amazing styles and colors, and you can even wash them. It's easy to see why millions of women wear Rothy's shoes every single day. And one of the coolest part is everything that Rothy's makes is better for the planet. They've repurposed millions of single use plastic bottles into their signature thread that goes into every single one of their products. I personally love my Sage Green Chelsea's because they're comfortable and they go with so many outfits. They're a unique color but they're also neutral enough to where they just go with a lot. You can step up your shoes and accessories this summer and get ready to be asked, are those Rothy's? Plus, get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash Emma. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash Emma. so easy to find ourselves just scrolling mindlessly through our phones. An awesome alternative to this is to go to the Abide app where we can find daily meditations that are based on scripture. Y'all, this is so powerful. To meditate on the word of God throughout our day is to think on intentionally who he is, what he's done, and the hope that we have for right now. It changes us from the inside out. Abide is the number one Christian meditation app, and people who use it have reported less stress, lower levels of anxiety and depression, and better sleep. And for a limited time, our listeners will get 25% off a premium subscription when you text HERD to 22433. Get started now with 25% off a premium subscription by texting HERD to 22433. You'll get additional stories, meditations, premium music, soothing sounds, and more. Support this show and get 25% off by texting HERD to 22433. Again, that's H-E-A-R-D to 22433 to download the Abide app and get 25% off your premium subscription. I want to read these verses again in 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 8. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing with these things, we will be content. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He is my provider. He goes before me and puts my boundary lines in pleasant places. Surely I have a beautiful inheritance because the Lord is with me. Like there is so much confidence and it's like, yeah, things come and things go. Yeah, I may not be in the season I thought I was going to be in. Yeah, I may not have the job that I thought I was going to have. Yes, I may not be in the scenario that I was hoping for, but that doesn't, that doesn't, Take away from the fact that God is good, that every good and perfect gift comes from him, that I can cast my cares upon him because he cares for me, that he sees me and he walks with me and I lack no good thing. The next couple of verses I think on a lot whenever I think about contentment. 
And it's in Philippians 4, verses 11 through 13. And Paul is talking again. He's writing a letter to the church of Philippi. And he says, Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Do you get that? Whatever situation. Something that I see is a similarity from Job to Paul's letter to Timothy to Paul's letter to the church of, of Philippi. It's like, it's not circumstantial. Like my contentment is not based on what circumstance I'm in. It's like, if I have a boyfriend, then I'm content. If I get into this school, then I'm content. If my bank account looks like this, then I'm content. If these people think this way about me, then I'm content. If I have this certain weight or my hair is this certain color or flows this certain way, then I'll be content. No, it's it's in whatever situation, Paul says. I've learned the secret of being content. Whatever season I'm in, whatever people are thinking about me, whatever my feelings may be in a certain moment, I've learned the secret of being confident and being content. He says, I know how to be brought low and I know how to, how to abound. In other versions, it says, I know what it is to have plenty and I know what it is to have little. And then he says it again, in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And this is what I this is what I have found is the secret to being content that I can do all things in him, in Christ who strengthens me. The secret, this is the secret sauce, but I don't want it to be a secret. I want everyone in the world to know it because we all crave to be satisfied and to be content down to the deepest core of who we are, regardless of what we're walking through, regardless of what we're facing. And God wants that for us too. And he's made himself available through relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. And that is available to you. For Jesus came and he lived the perfect life we could not live, died a death on the cross because our, the wages of our sin is death. He took on what we deserve and he was buried in a grave and then he rose three days later so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, shall find contentment that's not circumstantial, shall have everlasting life, be in relationship with the one who is himself the secret to contentment. Philippians 4.19, again, here's Paul. To the, it's the same letter to the church of Philippi. And he says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Not according to you, not according to what you can manufacture or force or control, but according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. It makes me think of Matthew 6. I would love to read this to y'all. In Matthew 6, Jesus is talking about worry. And I think that that's something that we all need encouragement in. He says, No one can serve two masters, starting in verse 24 of chapter 6. 
For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. And this is after he's talked about store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin cannot destroy, thieves cannot break in and steal, where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. And he's specifically talking about money and kind of going back to what Paul was talking to Timothy about regarding the false teachers in Ephesus that like the the whole greed game and wanting wealth for yourself and wanting it to be about you and thinking that godliness produces gain in a earthly kind of way. He's like, no, like you can't serve both God and money. It's like you can't serve two masters. And then this is when he gets to verse 25 and he says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink enough or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store foods and food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? You are so valuable to God. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Grumbling and complaining, discontent with where you are, filled with worry and just a lack of satisfaction He's like, does that add a single hour to your life? Do you gain anything from that? Do you change anything? Like, does the outcome change by you worrying about it? So verse 28, he says, And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. You are cared for. Hear that. You are valued and you are cared for. Why do you have so little faith? He says. So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Today's trouble is enough for today. Let us be content with what we have. Something that I love that Elizabeth Elliot said is that if God knows what I need and I currently don't have something that that I'm wanting, then I must not need it in that moment. Otherwise, God would have supplied it. I think that that's really cool. Whenever she was talking about it, she was talking about just in the context of relationships and being single. And it's like, man, I really, really want a boyfriend. I really want to be in a relationship. And she was addressing that and saying, hey, like if God sees that as something that you need, then he is going to be faithful and sovereign to supply it. But if you don't need it right now, or if you don't need it right now, then you can trust that like the the Lord sees that and there's a purpose in you being where you are. So trust that whenever you are in need of something, the Lord is faithful to supply it. I think that's just so encouraging. In reflection of all of this, this is one of the statements that I am personally encouraged by and I pray it encourages you. Like contentment in God and praise to God is the kind of life I want to live. Looking at Paul and looking at Job and 
all of the stuff that they went through in life. And they were like, you know what? Naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked I will depart. My life here is a vapor. Whether I have plenty or I have little, I've learned the secret of being content. And that is that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That is that I will choose to praise the Lord because he's faithful, he values me, he cares about me, and he provides for me according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Contentment in God and praise to God is the kind of life that I want to live. Guys, I, I love going to the word with you and I pray that this brought encouragement to you. I pray that you're able to write down these scriptures. I'm going to read them off just so that you can like write them down if you if you want to go back to them and study them more. But it's Job 121, 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 8, Philippians 4, 11 through 13, and Philippians 4, 19. And then we also read through Matthew 6, but 24 through 34. But guys, y'all are so, so loved. If you are watching on YouTube, be sure and give a thumbs up. Subscribe if you haven't and comment down below what you learned. And if you are tuning in via Apple or Spotify, be sure you download, rate, review, share it with your people and know that I am so thankful for your life. I'll talk to y'all next week. I pray blessings and encouragement and a deepening of faith over your life today. Be sure to subscribe, rate, give reviews, and go share this episode with all of your people so that we can continue to build our community and build our faith. Thank you for tuning in to the Have You Heard podcast, and don't forget how awesome you are. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.